Change, change, change. We always want change. But how does God change the world? Find out more on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. We always want change around us, but how does God change the world? We asked that question in our opener, and on this episode, we're going to look at how does God use the church as an agent of change. With me in the studio today, we have my good friends. We are in our last episode. We've been in a, uh, we were missing two of our friends, but uh, our team has gone through 13 weeks. This is our 13th week on the topic of justice and mercy throughout the entire Bible. So, uh, Siku, you're going to read the Bible verse. We're going to go to Hebrews 10, verse 23 and 24. But Callie, please pray for us before we get there. All right. Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us instruction in all things. And we thank you that you even have guidance in these areas of change and faithfulness and Lord, so much more. And so I pray that as we study, we would, t- we would glean lessons that are practical to our lives and we would love Jesus more because of them. We pray these things in his name. Amen. 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 Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 and 24. Siku, at your pleasure. Okay. Please let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. And read verse 25, too. That's, sure. It's not occluded by just, it's a good verse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Yeah, so Israel, we've, we've gone through a lot of concepts on justice, yeah. mercy, social justice, community outreach, and really, at the end of the day, we want change to happen around us. And yeah. We're seeing here that God uses a, a community, a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's he specifically saying in Hebrews? chapter? Hebrews, uh, there's a lot to say about it because I'm actually right now studying the book of Hebrews. And, and just a little bit ago, I was writing a book. So, I, I mean, a paper. Oh, you're writing a so, book? A paper. A paper. A paper. A paper. <laughs> so, I have a lot to say about this. Yeah. <laughs> tell yeah. us. So, tell us. So, uh, the, the book of Hebrews is actually, is actually a sermon. And uh-huh. this is, we're now getting... Uh, towards the conclusion of the sermon to, the, to, to God's people here. And what is taking place is that the church is suffering from, we talked about in a previous episode, the church is suffering here from fatigue. Mm. They're just tired of, of being Christians, you know. Mm. When, when they first became Christians, when they first became followers of Christ, they were persecuted, they were willing to do all these different things for Jesus. But as time has gone on, it's just like, man, this is a tiring experience. And so Paul... So this is the early church, though. This is the early things church, are like yeah. perfect yeah. and ideal. And, and yeah. Some I mean, things never changed. Some yeah. people are tired of church today, yeah. but 2,000 years ago, people, people were, were tired? tired. Just as tired as we are now. Mm. And so what, what, what the author of Hebrews, which people believe is Paul, I believe is Paul, is, is essentially saying getting together as the body of Christ mm. helps against fatigue. Mm. And... It is the, the change of the world. Many times we think that it's something that happens, boom, just all at once. But no, change takes a very long period of time. Mm-hmm. And it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus says, essentially, if you want to be able to endure, if you want to be able to effect change, mm-hmm. then you have to be willing to run the marathon, not run a sprint race. And in order for you to do that, you need the body, the community of Jesus Christ. Yeah, there's that idiom that if you want to go fast, you go alone. 
But if you want to go far, far, far you go together. Together.、Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I get that idiom、together. correct because we've mis- misquoted idioms in the past. Siku, <laughs> what's what's、uh, what's up? <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> are you fatigued? <laughs> are you tired? <laughs>、um, in verse twenty-three, just going with there's the communal aspect,、um, but the thing that brings a community get to, together and what helps. To avoid this wavering is that is the knowledge that he who has promised is faithful.、Mm-hmm. So it it comes back and doubles back to our confidence in who God is and that He is faithful to what He has promised, and that is what gives a community of faith the courage to move forward in spite of the odds, in spite of the fact that sometimes you're working and working and working and it feels like you're seeing no results.、Mm-hmm. But because He who has promised is faithful, that gives you the courage and the confidence to keep stirring each other、um, to love and good works.、Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you guys have? Examples of of、um, uh, California answers. Go ahead, but we,、okay. we'll, we'll, if you don't want to, we'll come back to with the first first question. Okay,、uh, uh, examples when you were tired of church,、uh-huh. and maybe someone gave you some encouragement, or some some people, or some way, some manner, and you're like, dude,、yeah. and and then you just <laughs> <laughs> again. Yeah, you know, you know Israel, and both of you are nodding your head, and so we'll get them, and we'll come back to you. We'll come back.、Okay. Yeah. All right.、Uh, Yeah, I remember a long time ago, and and you're familiar with this when we were when we were starting the a youth movement GYC, and the amount of energy and effort that that took is just an incredible. I mean, you really you you give we gave to God essentially our 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 early twenties,、mm-hmm. and there's and later, a lo- later, and, and a little yeah <laughs> early later twenties yeah, and、um, and and I remember that there were times when I was really down down just because it was just a lot of work、sure. and. I remember specifically receiving an email from someone, telling me their experience, and it was like, "Look, I was at a GYC, and this was the the year, and this was the speaker, and this is what they said, and because of this, I am a Christian today. I decided to give my life to Christ, and I remember that the impact that that has had on my life is just significant. Many times to this very day, when I'm tired, when I'm weary, when I feel as though My life doesn't really is not really making an impact.、Mm-hmm. I'll go back to that email and I'll read it, and it'll bring a, some sort of encouragement to me. And I have、mm-hmm. the privilege and the pleasure to meet people、uh, constantly around the world that will come to me and say, "This was the GYC that、mm-hmm. I gave my life to Christ, or that impacted the trajectory of my life,、mm-hmm. that called me to be a minister, to give up my my regular job to do something more radical for Jesus." And this has constantly served and continues to serve for、yeah. me as an inspiration. I think this is a good opportunity to put, to put a shameless plug that maybe Inverse has been a blessing to you.、Uh, we want to hear your testimonies and 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 look us up on social media and share your stories. And if not just only Inverse, but any other show on Hope Channel or any person, any in the ministry or anyone in campus ministry or youth ministry or whatnot, send them an email, send them a certain text, and encourage them. This is what we do as a church and in this. In- Digital society, shouldn't we do that more through our digital forms of communication?、Yeah. So thanks for that, so,、uh, Israel. Secret. You know the, the the phrase that he uses in verse twenty four at the beginning. He says, "Let us consider one another in order to stir up、mm-hmm. love and good works." That's that's thinking about other people.、Um, and for me, probably most recently, you know, having little kids,、uh, I have a three year old and a one year old, and、um, going to church can be. Challenging.、Mm-hmm. I mean, just sitting through the sermon.、Mm-hmm. Um, so pastors, <laughs> yeah. So pastors, you know, thirty minutes is good. <laughs> like, you know, it gets beyond that, and and they're they're antsy, and you guys know you、yeah. preached with with you have families or,、yeah. and、um, I remember this one Sabbath, 
you're tired from the whole week and, you know, I'm there with my children who are being loud. And it's just like, Lord, should I just leave the church? You know, but then how do you train them to sit through church if you're never in the church? And it's just this constant dilemma. Um, And I know as a single person, I would have looked at that situation and not thought much of it. But being in it, it felt like my world is collapsing, you know. Um, And after church service that Sabbath, several older moms, um, their kids are grown up in college, etc. They just came to me and gave me a hug. Mm. And they were just like, we see you, girl. <laughs> and it wasn't a judgmental, like, oh, your kids are so loud. <laughs> or like, It was just like, girl, we see you. And one mom came to me, she was like, I was praying for you today. And it just meant so much to me. I almost cried. You're cheering for... up right now, thinking about <laughs> yeah. it. Yes. You know, just the, the thought, wow, they... They cared about my yeah, situation. Sure. And it, it's a small thing, but it encouraged me to say, you know what? I'm going to come to church next Sabbath, and I'm yeah. going to bring my children, and we're going to sit through church, yeah. and the Lord's going to give me wisdom for how to help my kids to make it. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> love, I love what, we, what both of you are saying. I mean, th- these are agents of change. We're going out, GYC youth movement, and you're raising kids. I mean, these are big things, but they're, it gets tiring, and sometimes we need encouragement. We need infusion of courage to keep that wheel going. Mm-hmm. All right? So, Callie, jump into the conversation. Sorry to exclude you, but <laughs> okay. we're going to include you and encourage you on your walk with Thanks. Jesus. Thanks so much. So I'm reading this book right now about spiritual disciplines, and it talks about the things that maybe automatically come to mind, like studying the Bible and praying. But then the the extra one in my mind was he talked about is communing with the, with the church and communing with each other. And he kind of Explain spiritual disciplines, and spiritual disciplines is putting yourself in the way of grace. Mm-hmm. So putting yourself in the pathways of grace where God blesses through prayer and Bible study and going to communing with others and assembling ourselves together is putting ourselves in the way of blessing and of grace. So kind of like Siku is going there, and she's, she's going, if she was just at home, no one would come to her and say, I see you, but she's there and she's able to see that. Mm-hmm. And the same thing of Israel, you know, working so hard to start this youth movement and putting himself out there and it's putting himself in the way of grace. Mm-hmm. And I, I really feel kind of targeted <laughs> in verse 25. Verse 25. It says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. And I'd like to say it's because I'm an introvert, but it's mm-hmm. also just because I'm selfish and like my time away from other people because other people mm-hmm. don't think the way I do or do things the way I do. And it, it can be a temptation. Like, I just, you know, I don't want to deal with another person. Mm-hmm. I've had a long week and I yeah. just want to not be around humans. And there is the part where we need to recharge and that that's fine. But there is a time where we are neglecting our blessings and we don't see how much grace, how much encouragement, how much affirmation or whatever else it might be that people want to give to us. Mm-hmm. And so just we're really, when we forsake that, we are taking ourselves out of the pathway of grace mm-hmm. and out of the blessings that God wants to give us. And those blessings that we receive in these gatherings are not all also on the recip- receiving end, yeah. but opportunities for us to give yeah. as and well, even in, even in a tired state. Yeah, because I think, you know, I've shared this story before, but I think it bears repeating. And when I was a senior in high school, one of my best friends uh, died about in a motorcycle accident about a month before we graduated. And I was really depressed about it. And a few, maybe a few weeks later, I told my mentor that I was like, I'm just, I feel, I feel nothing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you should do nice things for others. And I'm like, you're a selfish person. Why would you say that to me? You're, you're awful. Um, but like, she was right. Huh. Yeah. I wasn't mm-hmm. very recipient at that point, mm-hmm. but I did it because she knows best. And it, 
worked. Like yeah. it focusing on others got me out of it. Mm -hmm. And it was still a process. Healing is still a sure, process. Sure. But and it wasn't like I did big things. I just wrote letters to a few friends and the people who worked at my school and just said thanks for being awesome. Thanks for blessing me through these years, et cetera, et cetera. But just getting yourself intentionally mm -hmm. your eyes mm -hmm. off yourself. Because when we're by ourselves, I have, this is like so true for me, of all my issues are the worst issues of the world yeah. and no one can suffer as much as I do. But then to interact with someone else, you're like, mm, actually no, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm not that we wallow in our, in our <laughs> yeah. self pity, and uh, which is a temptation in the modern age. When, when, yeah. when instead of going to worship, you got to drive to worship. You got to get your car. You got to waste gas. You, you got to say hi. People. You say hi. Mm, you got to go to the, the awkward worst. door. You got to talk to these people that you don't want to talk to. You avoid them for, yeah. avoid them for six weeks, six days. You got to avoid <laughs> six them for weeks. six weeks. But and then you got to go online and just click on a button, and then you choose Wait, the best it, pastor. Yeah. Uh, and that's you create your own a, church service. You do. Select your own special music. You do. You do. You do. <laughs> uh, when we come back from after the break, we're going to see how Israel deals with millennial uh, young people who just want to do church online only and forsake the gathering on uh, worship times. So we'll see you on the other side. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. Um, Paul says in the book of Hebrews that don't forsake the assembling of, uh, assembling of yourselves as the matter of some is. And I find that very, very funny, as the matter of, of some is. Yeah. Who is this some and, and who is he passive-aggressively referring to? <laughs> Sorry, we'll it's kind of a side jab and I just, I just I find some humor in that. But Israel, talk to us about that. There yeah. are people out there who do forsake the assembling. Well, yeah, he's specifically speaking about going to church on the Sabbath here. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you read uh, Earhart Gallus's dissertation mm -hmm. on on the book of hebrews he, he points that out very effectively you know as especially in the, in the generation that we live in now and i actually remember going online and having someone here's a church service for the day and for special music click on this group and then you can have your special music for wow. a prayer click here and then this is the prayer awesome prayer by i don't know a, a very famous person and here's the sermon and then here's the closing benediction and so you can actually get you can choose your own, you can customize your own church service now. So you're hacking worship. Yeah, you're, you're hacking worship yeah. of Dragon what you want. Yeah. But what, what. Cool and weird at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> cool. All right. For some people. Unbiblical um, as, right, as okay. the point we're trying to establish. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Uh, but, but what strikes me is that even as Jesus Christ was himself an agent of change, he needed uh, encouragement. And that's most beautifully portrayed when, when uh, Mary Magdalene comes to Jesus mm -hmm. and that she pours upon him this mm. perfume from an alabaster box and, and just completely saturates Christ with this perfume. And, it, it, you know, you, if you do a little bit of research on what happens here, that perfume that Jesus uh, was, that Mary poured on Jesus was so potent and so strong that some people believe it would, the aroma would last for months. And in other words, as Jesus was contemplating Calvary, and as he was literally contemplating your salvation and mine, the encouragement that Mary gave to Jesus lingered with him mm -hmm. from Gethsemane to the cross of Calvary, all the way even until the resurrection. And what's significant about the encouragement that Mary gives to Jesus is that later on when Jesus died, uh, Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea would give 
probably a hundred times more than what Mary would give. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the and and yeah. that's a massive amount of money. Right. That's one Expensive. year's wages. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 yet everything that they had to offer Jesus, as huge as it was, was worthless to Christ because they didn't give it to him at the time that he needed most. Mm-hmm. And so it, it speaks to the significance of mm-hmm. encouragement along the journey of the Christian experience. And we have mm-hmm. the opportunity not just to be encouraged, uh, but to also encourage people as they are themselves agents of change in their own Christian journeys and experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the Bible uh, gives different metaphors to what church should be. Uh, not just in terms of the explained church, but what the church should be doing. Yeah. So what are some of these metaphors that the Bible uh, goes to? Siku? Um, like the first one that comes to my mind is we're the body, mm-hmm. the yeah. body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12. Let's go to 1 yeah. Corinthians uh, in 12. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. Hmm. And um, I'll read from verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not of the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, would there be... He's kind of going on, and then go to verse 20. (laughs) But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body, and the I cannot say to the hand, and again, he keeps on going, and <laughs> verse 26, I think he's concluding there, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it, or if one me- uh, member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Mm-hmm. So, Seekers, what's going on there? Um, I like this picture of this, the unity in diversity, mm-hmm. you know, in the body of Christ, and just recognizing that we have different gifts, we're, we're differently gifted by the Holy Spirit in this work of bringing justice into the world and showing mercy and portraying the love of Jesus in the, in the world, mm-hmm. um, that we play different roles because we're different people and we're uniquely equipped to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but because the way that I do it is different from the way that Callie does it or Israel, or you do it, doesn't mean that any one person is more important or less important. And I think that's, that's what Paul points to here is that because you're not the preacher on Sabbath doesn't mean you're not an important part of yes. the service because you weren't part of the praise team or because sure. you weren't the Sabbath school teacher um, because you were just the greeter, you know. Right. And, and yet, being a greeter makes a huge difference sure. in someone's like, life. Sure. Yeah. Or being the mom with the kids. <laughs> being the mom with the yeah. kids. That's right. Big difference. Yeah. I don't know what difference, but yeah. I believe by faith that well, it, for the kids, yeah. yeah, for the kids, you're training the next generation. So you, okay. that's a big difference. Yeah, it's true, but you know, it 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 can it can become tempting. Honestly, I guess real talk, it can become tempting. You're like, you know, like what purpose am I serving coming to church? Like I come to church to bring the noise. I bring the noise, you know, for my kids. Which which if um, which we look at it, I'm thinking. Um, there's there's this idea. What is the point of church? Mm. Yeah. I'm not get, getting anything out of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have that mindset as a young person, yeah. maybe as a teen, and that mindset actually never leaves. So we get older. I don't get anything out of church. We get married. I'm not getting out of church. We become a mom. I'm not getting out of church. And then there's who have become senior citizens, and I still don't get anything out of church. Meaning, it's not ch- 
church that's the problem. Maybe it was this attitude mm-hmm. that you had about church that was the problem the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In the case of Siku, what's significant is, you know, you bring your kids to church, and you don't know this, but your kids make noise, which causes the pastor to end his message on time, <laughs> which causes the person not to get mad and leave the church and never come again because the pastor <laughs> preached such a long sermon. All things yeah. work for yeah. yeah. We need, you know, God. we need the hand and we need the, fi- the foot. Um, at the end, who Paul, the hand is and who yeah. the foot is, we yeah. don't know. Yeah. At the end, Paul concludes by saying, now you are the body of Christ. And this, to me, is extremely critical because here it says that collectively we form the image of God. Mm-hmm. In other words, what is implied here is that one person as an individual cannot, what one person cannot do as an individual in reflecting the image of God, the body of Christ can right. collectively do. And this reminds me of a story I had one time I was, I was having a meal with my friend uh, Stephen Conway. And as we were eating, we were actually discussing the very topic of social justice. Hmm. And we were going back and forth and we had differences of opinion where we actually disagreed. And at the end of the conversation, after having strong disagreements, I walked away thinking to myself, you know, but what if he's right and I'm wrong? Mm. And, and as I was processing this, this kind of this whole experience, this whole conversation, I realized I need someone like Steve to help change my mind, to help bring balance to my thoughts, to not leave me alone to be Israel, but to allow me on my journey mm. towards growth. And collectively, Steve and I both are able to come together and to give a picture to the world of what Christ really is. Mm. Collectively, we as a group are able to portray an image to the world of what the love of Christ really looks like. Mm. And this goes all the way back to our first episode when we talked about, you know, the purpose of God in creating humanity to make us into his image. This is something that takes place collectively, not as a single individual. And that's why we have the body of Christ. So are and you that's saying why that I love there, this image. The, the healthy tension between two individuals that creates a certain another synthesis that, that the glory of God can be seen from? Yeah, well, it's essential. I think the tension and 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 also the unity in that tension yeah. mm-hmm. is essential. So right here, the passage yeah. says, you together, you collectively are the body of Christ. And you know, we've lost that today. Yeah, we in have. Our, in our social media world, we, there's no civility anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one side pitted against the other with sound bites and portrayed and just grinding and that friction, not tension, that yeah. friction causes more likes and more, more hype and you just create more polarization happening. Yeah. And 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 to speak to the this I guess dif- the differences that we may have in perspective for how to go about ministry. Um, I think one frustration that I've heard a lot, you know, among young adults is, you know, why doesn't the church do this? Or mm. why doesn't the church do that? Why mm. doesn't the church? Why doesn't the church? But in reality, I am the church, right? Yeah. And me seeing that there's a need that needs to be filled maybe God is calling me to fill that need. Mm-hmm. And so some, someone may have right. the ability to interact with a certain class or certain group of people in a way that another person is not well equipped to do or in a place in life to do, etc. But because God has called me to do it, mm-hmm. in me fulfilling that calling, the church is actually fulfilling that calling. Mm-hmm. So I think as young adults, sometimes the temptation becomes to look at I'll say the corporate church, but, you know, it becomes confusing. Who, who is the corporate church we even? Separate you know? from the church. Yeah, like the church ought to be caring about the needy. The church ought to be running orphanages. The church yeah. ought to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would do it. Yeah, but <laughs> if I go and I open an orphanage as a Seventh-day Adventist, the church is 
doing it. Yeah, the church is taking yeah. care of orphans. And I the am needy. the church. Yeah. I am. Uh, uh, let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 through 16, which is another metaphor for the church that I, I, I love and Israel alluded to in a different story. Chapter 2, verse 14 through 16, the Bible says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and amongst those who are perishing. To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death, but to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, as so many, peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. Here he's using the the illusion of aromas, and I love that, that aromas are not forceful in in nature. This is not a a toxic gas that comes in just killing everything, or (laughs) it's not some kind of, you know, entity but it is a soft, soft power, can I say mm-hmm. that? Yeah. And it has a power to just brighten and elevate, but it also ha- has a power to, 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 de- to depress, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, there's something uh, powerful about this agent of change through the, scent, the sense of scent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's unstoppable. You know, I mean, the, an aroma, a scent, is, it's just an unstoppable force. Mm. And if, if, if you spray... Uh, you know, perfume or cologne on yourself. No matter where you go, it's going to make an impact. And yeah. and um, I was, as a matter of fact, it was this week. I was speaking to my wife. There's this in our in our office where we work. The person that runs the front desk. I mean, as soon as you walk into the office, it feels like the whole. She sets the whole tone for the entire office <laughs> because she smells so good. And I'm like, man, I want to get that fragrance and I want to put it on myself because <laughs> it smells so nice. And and you know where she's at. It's called soap. Yeah, it's, it's a perfume. Yeah, but I want to buy that soap. Uh, you know, it, it's whenever you're around that individual, whenever you're around that person, you're impacted by by yeah. By, yeah. by them. Whether they're whether they're speaking to you or not, whether they're looking at you or not, whether they're in a different room or right next to you, you're being impacted by that influence. And so the aroma is an unstoppable force. Yeah. I, I love it. I mean, there's some people that I, that I meet, and I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but you just feel their holiness. Not in a, oh, like, I am not worthy way, but I'm just like, man, there's a certain magnetism, a certain godliness. I'm like, man, I don't know what it is. This is so foreign to me, but I'm so attractive to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that I, I think that's the power of Christ. That's the, that's the Holy Spirit, the aroma mm-hmm. of holiness. How many of you have been really blessed by this entire 13-week segment. I know I have personally been blessed. Have you, you guys been blessed? Kind of? A little yes. bit? Yeah. Totally. We have. Um, <laughs> we, we are encouraged to be more just in our Christian lifestyle and have more mercy towards the, those around us. And we really want to encourage you to take a biblical perspective on social justice. We got to be out there in the communities, out there in churches and, and being agents of change, but from a Christ biblical perspective and not from a human-centric one. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week where we start a new segment on leadership in the book of Nehemiah. We believe that young adults are called to such a time as this and called to positions of change and to be actual agents of change in whatever community, whatever church they're at. We're going to be looking at chapter one of Nehemiah with the entire same team, same family, and you don't want to miss it. Join us here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. 
For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.